Welcome to the Australian Open on No Challenges Remaining. I am Ben Rothenberg, joined here to ring in 2018 Grand Slam fully by my co-host, Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. How are you? I'm doing well, Ben. How are you? I'm very good. First off, apologies we haven't had an episode in a while. We have actually recorded quite a bit lately. <laughs> we recorded a episode for Remember When for the 2017 season as per annual tradition, but we talked for like literally almost four hours it was and the files are so huge that my computer can't really handle them it's a lot it's been a lot so i'm still working on trying to get those down to size realistically probably after the australian open is when that'll happen i tried doing it on the flight here my computer was not having it but i hope springs eternal and yeah so that's that happening there um and we will also have an interview coming up uh in the future soon with mary carillo which will be our episode 200 coming up soon to talk uh primarily about her reporting and just the general issue of Market Court and Market Court Arena, which has been already a big talking point here in the lead up to the tournament, uh, somewhat because of the tournament's own actions, which we can talk about with Mary and see how it all shakes out. And we'll do a more general chat with her. I know she's done a lot of podcast rounds uh, lately with and Carl Bialik and Mar- and jo- John Wertheim, but you cannot get too much Mary. You can't get too much Mary. And Mary is our spirit animal in the mm-hmm. same way as like our episode 100 also had some of our spirit animals in the Andrea Petkoviches and Yelena Yankovic's and Ernest Golbus's. Um, yeah, and Mary Carrillo is very much, especially with respect to kind of like our jobs and our roles and our inspirations into getting into this and doing it the way that we have chosen to kind of go about our careers, especially with NCR of kind of trying to be a, you know, irreverent, and yeah. I almost said irrelevant, but uh, both. <laughs> both, sometimes both. Uh, Mary Carroll is rarely irrelevant. Exactly, but but irreverent and, you know, keeping things fun and not taking everything too seriously, that's yeah. a very Carrillo-ian way of going about the business, so I'm super excited to have her for number 200. We'll be pretty excited. We'll get most of our slurping out of the way here, so she's going to have to hear it firsthand. <laughs> she's heard it she firsthand. Knows, <laughs> she knows how we feel. Uh, but yeah, we have business to attend to now. Yeah. We have the draws of the Australian Open. We normally wait until after qualifiers are placed in the draw to do these shows, um, but rain has interrupted that, so we're doing it on Saturday. The final round of qualifying will be on Sunday, and qualifiers will be placed later Sunday. So there's a few spots where we don't know who's playing, and there are a few interesting qualifiers we'll mention at the, the top here who could at least have some interesting impacts. The biggest name in qualities, well, there's two. Well, the biggest man in qualities is Bernard Tomic, who's playing decent-looking tennis. He's won really easy his first round, beat Tommy Paul in a very tough match, but it was a pretty high-quality match in the second round. And so we'll see if he gets through. He'll be a, a story, for sure, for the Aussies especially. Although he's gotten, like, not very full crowds at his matches and, like, weirdly very undecided crowd support. I was at his first match. It was interesting. It's a fascinating thing, the whole Aussie partisanship and who they choose to back. And, you know, I mean, today uh, we're recording and and it was the Sydney final uh, where there were two Aussies in the final there with Ash Barty and Alex Deminer. Uh, and it was a sold-out crowd. I mean, it was absolutely packed and crazy. It was like a a Davis Cup, Fed Cup atmosphere out there. And... um, you know, they're really excited about Alex Deminer. And, and gotta, that's a fascinating kind of dynamic within Aussie tennis yeah. and Aussie coverage. And I think everybody can kind of understand what I'm saying. And <laughs> I think that it's interesting when you talk to Australians, like non-civilian Australians, <laughs> I'll say non-tennis people, they'll tell you m- m- very different than anywhere else in this way, I think, I'm pretty sure. They say, oh yeah, I love Federer or something. And then they'll immediately tell you who they don't like. 
Yes. And that is very clear. And Satomic is usually in that category for a lot of Australians I've talked to on this trip already. Same here. And so, yeah, and Curios also and lands in there well a lot too. And, yeah. But it's just an interesting sort of thing. They, they have very clear preferences and very clear tastes and I, distastes. I don't know if you've had this experience, Ben, but I definitely feel like a lot of times I am like this weird curious defender i was like, doing, I'm a, lot, just I was doing a lot of comic co- defending in brisbane in brisbane yeah. in brisbane i was doing yeah. a lot of curious defending and uh of just kind of telling people like give them time and you know and try and point out all the good stuff like because they're focused so much on the negative so yeah. um it'll it'll definitely be interesting for sure and the other big name in women's side of qualifying is sarah ronnie uh who's coming back from her doping ban that ended uh last fall and she's played really well tore up itfs and did well in tangent i think as well uh i think that's right some some WTA tournament I want to say she did well at, um, so, but she's still in qualifying and making her way through, and so we'll find out if she is a, at least. I mean, she's not as much of a draw changer. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. She had a interesting couple years in terms of being up and down. Uh, but let's get to the actual draw. We'll start with the women to save the surprise men side for Courtney for the for the second <laughs> yeah, half of the show. I haven't show. really seen it. I know generally kind of the themes, but I haven't seen it. So we'll start right at the top of this draw. Simona Halep in her custom-made, unbranded Chinese outfit that she was telling us about that she got custom-ordered from a tailor seamstress in Shenzhen online. Um, looks nice. Uh, it does. It, it's weirdly one of the better kits. It's flattering. But it, sh- but it shows... I, I, I don't think she really totally understood what I was saying in that question, but like no, I was saying... Yeah. I think she talked about later getting a contract, but I was saying this is a chance when you're a free agent, you get to wear whatever you want. That's kind of... For players like who Bethany never get... style. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and remember when Casey wore Target, you know, like, yeah. it's just kind of like, you get to go do your thing. Or Lucic does this now, yeah, too. Yeah. Lucic Peroni will, like, wear... She, in Brisbane, she was wearing last year's New Balance US Open top. Yeah, but, I mean, Halep is in it. a situation where she can't wear right, anything doesn't want to wear any brand, yeah. You know? But still, she gets to make something from scratch, and it's yeah. interesting. And so, she and, did confirm that she is in talks, um, and her team is, is trying to finalize a deal with someone, so, uh, with a brand. So, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird way to start the season for her, but I have to say, like, I think that she's handled it quite well. You know, like she's been quite open about it. And I gotta say, also with Halep on just handling things, when you mention being number one to her, she smiles, which you don't get much in the WTA, <laughs> I must say. Uh, certainly not with the dread that you yeah, got from Angelique true. Kerber that's last true. year, who was the last long-term tenant of it, really, or last besides Serena. Um, Halep, when she like kept smiling and being like really positive, being number one, I thought that was refreshing and good. She was in a good mood. You, you she should, was yeah, she was in a really good mood. She won Shenzhen. She looked pretty decent there. I mean, she a little scratch at the beginning, but found her legs and her form late in that tournament. She opens up in Melbourne against Destiny Ayava, an Australian wildcard who hits a heck of a ball, but probably hasn't really reined in her power quite yet. Still pretty raw. Looked, and, did not look great in Kuyong. No, she uh, she took a pretty lopsided loss to Jeannie Bouchard and just was getting kind of killed by the commentators, yeah. honestly, about her effort and mm. whether or not she looked engaged. And she gave a quote afterwards saying that the tennis thing is getting to her and she's looking forward to having a break after January. And I'm like, but it's okay. Mm. You know, it's, I don't know. Has she played like a heavy ITF schedule in December? And they have all see summer tournaments. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah know, maybe. no, it's true. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But but these are, it's been a continuing theme for it's been a Ayaba. With her. Yeah, it's she's been, kind of falling in that same sort of I do it for comic-ish, money. I don't want to say trap, but like framing that she's yeah. been covered with. So anyway, in her young career. So speaking of Bouchard, that's the second round possible opponent for uh, Halep. And then also Oshan Dodan, who's had some health issues lately, is a possible third opponent. And then Petra Kvitova is the main bold, is the first bold-faced name she'd encounter in this draw if Kvitova can get past her opener of Andrea Petkovic and uh, Davis or Chepalova, who are all capable players. Davis has been slumping pretty badly lately, but 
not a not a very easy open with Ayava. I think she could. That's a pretty good opener. Yeah. But the rest of the draw is trickyish for Simona for this first stretch, and then Ash Barty or or maybe Georgie or Vesnina and Georgie I mentioned and Osaka's Osaka, in this too yeah, in, in the yeah. fourth round. Those are. I don't think I would never call Halep a draw winner in this situation. No, I, I thought that she got the toughest draw of the of the top four seeds, um, without a doubt. And just because, I mean, yes, I know that obviously Bouchard has had her issues and her struggles, and you know is on a bit of a losing streak, but. Um, we also know that what Jeannie Bouchard is capable of when she's put on a big court against a big name. And we saw that last year in Madrid when she beat Kerber and, and Sharapova. She played well here last year. She played well. Yeah, she very easily could have beat, won that match against Coco Vandeweghe. And, and then we all thought there, she was going to beat Kerber next yeah, round, whoever think, won that match. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that Coco, yeah, flashing back, that Coco Bouchard uh, third rounder was really, we kind of thought whoever wins that is going to make the semi. Um, and then we'll see from there. Or at there. least quarters against Moogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. So, um, so you know, you just never know with Bouchard. And you also, with, with Halep, is, and I thought that she, I was a little bit bigger on her than, than you based off of her performance in Shenzhen. I thought she looked fantastic. I just watched the Duan match was my main standard. Oh, her, yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I watched every match, and she was really, not unlike a Kerber, just attacking the ball, taking the ball up the line, doing all the things that you always are urging Simona Halep to do. She was really executing on that in Shenzhen. She looks relaxed. She looks really chilled out. But we also know that, you know, against power players, it's always going to be um, a tough a tough road for her. I mean, th- there's always an opportunity for a big hitter to just get hot and, and blast her off the court. And she's she got has a couple, that, and she's got several of those early on. I mean, Potentially three straight with yeah. Ayava, Bouchard, Kvitova. And Georgie. I mean, yeah, I, I only, I only highlight Georgie, who's, I mean, she looked amazing. Barty's, the, Barty's the seed in yeah, there, Ash and Ash made the final of Sydney and should be a, a form player, but Camilla Georgie was like the revelation of the women's side in Sydney this past week, because we've watched plenty of Camilla Georgie in our day, and it is the purest form of brainless ball bashing. I say that with love, but it's been brainless, and or, just, or just completely one year, hit, see the ball, hit the ball as hard as you can, and all of a sudden she's playing with moderation, and she was killing people out there she was blowing through a really tough draw she beat uh radvanska she beat sloan she killed sloan and she beat somebody else good in the second round i'm blanking on at the moment um but somebody trust me it was somebody it was, good. It was. i can't remember yeah the um it, but yeah but she's been playing really convincing tennis and so she's someone who i would put as a dangerous floater she wasn't got the qualifier but that second round against barty could be very tough for barty for sure um and then i think whoever wins that probably gets past Vesnina or osaka yeah, Vesnina dealing with a bit of a back injury. Hmm. She withdrew from doubles in 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 Sydney because of a lower back injury, and then had to get the trainer out um, in her opening match there, which she ended up losing. So um, some question marks around the number sixteen seed. Yeah, next sec- next uh, part of this Halep quarter uh, top seed is Carolina Pliskova, who's down to number six, which is a higher number or a worse number than we're used to seeing by her name recently, because she was entered top four here last year. So six is a bit of a slip for Pliskova. Uh, and the other high seed in her section is number nine, Joe Conta, who had a great quote today, which I've hopefully you've seen by now, of what uh, why she thinks the draw, why she thinks it's dismissed. She doesn't like how people address it as being open, as if it makes it easier to win. This section is an example of it, too. There's just so many names in here who feel relevant. Uh, Pliskova, obviously. Conta's uh, in there with Barbara Stritseva, who's been legit. Actually, Conta's first couple rounds aren't the worst. This isn't actually, I, I think, a, a terrible section for either Conta or Pliskova, except for the fact that they could clash 
in the fourth round. I yeah. think that that's the toughest fourth round draw for both of them. But they'll have some time, I think, to get through, although potentially Pliskova-Safarova in the third round. Safarova played very well against Kerber uh, in the opening round of Sydney. I was really impressed because Sid, uh, Lucy really you know, hasn't really been in match form for a long time, so that was a first look in a long time. She had her opportunities there, and so that could be a really, really tough third round there for Pliskova. So Pliskova... Tough one, I think, if she has to go through, you know, a Lucy and a Conta and potentially a Halep or a Barty or a Petra. I mean, that this this quarter is brutal to me. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of players in here who have every right to make like a semi. Um, and all three, certainly all three of the single digit seeds, which are yeah. Halep and Pliskova and Conta in there for sure. I mean, no, I think this is actually one where I would think those three players are pretty, as a, as a, I would take them over the field in this mm. quarter. Um, the rest of them, I think, yeah, they're taking business. And I think, I think you're right. I think this actually is a decently clear path to the fourth round for Conta and Pliskova. And we'll see how that goes. We talked, oh, by the way, in the Remember One episode, I think it was, about how much we don't like the 16 seeds idea. <laughs> and I think we'll just know that we feel that way. Well, that articulation will come up later on. Don't like it. Don't like it don't at all. Don't like it at all. All right. Uh, next and quarter. Quote Madison Keys. Um, from from Brisbane. from Brisbane, you know, I think she says like, let's be honest, you guys, have we ever like thought, man, there just aren't enough blockbuster matches in the early rounds, like not for not the women. Upsets, no, no you way, know, definitely not, definitely so. not. So the next quarter is the Muguruza quarter. Uh, she has just had a very bulky start to the year. She retired with cramping in her first match in Brisbane. And then also retired, right, in her first or second withdrew. match in Sydney? She won, she withdrew. Her, she, she won right. her match against Kiki Burton's uh, and then withdrew with an upper leg adductor injury that she also picked up in that match where she mm. ended up cramping. So it's it's a frustrating start to the season. I know for Muguruza, she was really so positive going into the season. I think that there is a little bit of kind of like, ugh. Like snake bitten. Because you talk, you were done in her hood yeah, in the off season. Down, yeah, in the off season, I flew down to 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 talk with Garbina, um, in L.A. and she was in great mood and you know put in a lot of hard work in the off season. So a little bit of a snake bitten a start to the season. She's racing to uh, to kind of beat um, the clock. She has a Tuesday start, so hopefully that helps. And she says it is getting better every day. But you just never know under match situations. She has a good draw in the first round playing French wildcard Jessica Ponchet. Who I think might be the lowest ranked player yeah, in this draw. Yeah, I've never I've heard, heard of, of her. her. <laughs> no, I mean, like, even the French people, when they when okay. I announced the wildcard, or I, I announced, when, when the new wildcard was announced and I tweeted it, I had a bunch of French people saying, quoi? <laughs> <laughs> or key yeah. is who, but, like, it's just like, what? Yeah, so I think that she, if she's not in great health, I think she's a decent possibility for an upset and it's weird that we're calling this player an upset in the third round for aga who i think i'm i'm interested to see aga has had an an odd start to the year she had a really good win in sydney uh over Conta. Conta, which was a rematch last year's final she got some revenge there but she also took a bad loss in auckland to sasha vickery uh so i'm not exactly sure where she's at I get the sense that she's on her way back, but definitely for me, you know, the 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 sec- the part of this draw in this quarter that is really going to be determinative is the next section with Angelique Kerber yeah. that has, which I think is just like the section of death with Kerber in there. Vekic, who's playing well again, is in there. Sharapova, obviously. And then Savastova, a potential second round match between Maria Sharapova and Anastasia Savastova, which 
I was telling Ben the other night, like, how weird would it be if, like, you know... Sevastava knocks her out of back-to-back slams? Yeah, exactly. And the two slams that Sharapova plays, that Sevastava's the, the one that upends her. Sevastava playing well. Made she the semifinal playing. in Brisbane. Lost to, to, to Sasnovich. It was bizarre she lost that Yeah, it, it didn't make much sense. It was like, huh? <laughs> um, okay. Um, yeah, but that, that little section, I mean... Kerber? Kerber. Kerber, I has am... Been I, I, a stunner. If, if these were... Again, we use this phrase... And colloquially, but if there were legitimately stocks you could buy in tennis players, I would have been hoarding Kerber stock in the first weeks of this year. Like she's looked so much improved. She was had a really crappy 2017. There's no getting around it. After starting the year at number one, she just seemed really crushed by that pressure and never seemed to get it for break out of it or feel free. Didn't get a top 10 win till Tokyo. And that's with getting some pretty decent draws. Or I mean, top 10 wins have to do with decent draws, but she just only made one final that was in Monterey. I believe she, it was a, terrible year by even pre-number one Angelique Kerber standards and the fact that she dropped out of the top 20 but now she's back and looks refreshed she's being coached by Wim Fassett and that partnership seems to be going well she won Sydney she was undefeated at Hopman Cup too and played tough matches you can read you can read things into women's Hopman Cup matches not so much the men and even Sasha Zverev was like said that flippantly again today um, <laughs> he's like well I talked about this already he was like you talked about it wait Hopman Cup it's been one week such, why does he always use that phrase he it's always like, thinks that we've Sasha, always we do not co- like we do not follow you everywhere like no. and every player gets the same questions yeah like it's just it's a uniquely Sasha Zverev problem Roger problem. never says that Rafa never says it Andy never says well Rafa does unless it's it. something like like Rafa why do you not like hardcore that he talks about all the time yeah. or do you think that you shouldn't get called for time violations or some right. other pet issue but with, yeah, it was Zverev I was like this is a really recent thing to be calling some it was me I think it was my question he on like, like you, I guess that's it uh, sad <laughs> uh, um, uh, so yeah but Kerber is in here also just scoreboard watching the highlight match uh, for Sharapova's <laughs> first round she's playing a commentator's nightmare she's playing Tatiana Maria so the match will be Maria versus Sharapova but I picked Kerber to get out of this section easily and I think that even if she gets Sharapova I wouldn't really rate Sharapova's chances very high unless Kerber just runs out of gas because she's played a lot of matches in these first two weeks she has and and I thought that but the thing is is that I thought that if Kerber was going to run out of gas she was going to run out of gas against Georgie the way that Georgie was playing I really tipped Georgie to win that match and especially early on if people saw that semifinal Georgie was absolutely blasting the ball and Kerber just like engaged it was this there's this edge to her right now that is so awesome of just like being oh not playing angry but playing with this level intensity, of intensity yeah. that she did not have last year she no. was a little bit too busy she feeling so sorry engaged. yeah the the example that i used today with one of our german friends petra philipson was i was i was like it's like in top gun when when goose dies and maverick is like trying to like fly his jets and he just will not engage in a dogfight he just won't do it he's like super um trigger shy and it, that's what it was like watching kerber like last year you just felt like you're watching these matches and you're like get into it put your teeth into it she never did it Nine matches this this season, and every single one of them, she has been like, oh, from my cold dead hands, will you will you pry this from me? And I think that that semifinal, that yeah, I think that semifinal against Georgie was really, um, um, any a really strong example of that. I think that if it had been a situation where Kerber drew Sharapova in the first round, I think that would be maybe a little bit more of a of a of a chance for the the quote unquote upset for for Sharapova. I think that a potential third round clash. Uh, I, you know, right now the trend with Maria has been that she starts strong 
and tails off a little bit with each round. And and um, we saw a little bit of that as well in Shenzhen, where I thought she, she started fairly well. And um, as a tournament progressed, it got a little bit looser. And, you know, so at this point, until proven um, otherwise, I would rather play Sharapova in a third round or a quarterfinal than I would in, in yeah. the first round. And that's a fair take. And I think with Sharapova, statistically, I think Tumani Carriol was when I saw points out on Twitter, where she, where post ban Sharapova is the most uh, struggling or most shadow of her previous self is in her return. She's winning far fewer return points. Kerber's not especially good server. I don't know how that cuts one way or another. If she means that she can be better returning, or Kerber will no longer get killed like she used to in that section. So well, her best return match was against Halep. Yeah, that exactly. was the and, best. And Halep her struggled on serve yeah, that match. Yeah, and Halep, that match made Halep go redesign her serve. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it is what it is. Also, shout out to Kerber's first round opponent. Annalena Friedsam, a.k.a. Alf, who is back, <laughs> which is great. Uh, yeah, but I think Sevastova, I would actually, at this point, I might pick Sevastova to beat Sharapova. Um, but I think that I like Kerber to get out of there. And Kerber is one of the players who I've been saying I think really can win this title. And the other player I've been pointing to, more out of just saying something different, but I also do believe in this player a lot, is Madison Keys, yeah. who is She's in this— a nice section. Who's in a great part of the draw down here. She is uh, the 17 seed, but she is in the section— uh, her, the highest, the first seed she plays is Kristina Milenovic, which is the lottery win for the draw in this tournament because Milenovic has lost, what, 14 straight matches at this point. Um, she opens against uh, Wang Chung, which is not the easiest first-round match. It's a top-50 player. Very good player, Very Wang good Chung. player. A player people don't know about probably as much as they should. Um, but she's solid. But I think her game is not the trickiest kind of game for... For Madison, I think Madison. Maddie will go power for power, yeah, which exactly. Wang Shang is a, it's a kind of your She's typical player. Chinese, yeah. like flat hitting. That That's feeds, a good matchup for Maddie. Yeah, that feeds into Madison's game where she, you know, there's a reason why Maddie struggles against a Red Vonska. Yeah, yeah. Then, so it's kind of typical that way. Yeah. But yeah, this is a soft section of the draw and, and a nice one for, for Keys. Um, and uh, yeah, because it is bookended by Mladenovic, as you said. And then the top seed in the section is Caroline Garcia, who there's a lot of question marks about her lower back. Um, she pulled which out of Britain really, with injury. Yeah, which is really, really frustrating um, because I talked to Carol Bouchard today for the WTA Insider podcast, which you can listen to separately. Um, After I, this one, finish yes, this one obviously. first. Uh, although I think I'm, I'm going to have mine up first. Uh, oh, but, uh, I'll but, re- you have your Otala is shitty internet. I will beat you up yeah, there. That might actually might be true. <laughs> it actually might be true. Um, but, uh, but Carol did say that when she visited uh, Garcia in the offseason in Mallorca at Rafael Nadal's academy, it was Garcia's first few practices, and Carol was absolutely flabbergasted by how she was hitting the ball. It was so good. Um, it was like she was like right back in Asia. And so it's very, very frustrating for her to pick up this injury. Um, you know, and unfortunately, it sounds like it's a different back injury than than the one that that ruled her mm-hmm. out of half of the season last year so um keeping your eyes and crossing fingers for garcia but she does open up against karina Vitheft, which is not a great uh opening round because i think i do think Witheft is playing some good tennis and she's a good a title slam player last, yeah one 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 um for a player a, a title last fall and, and played kerber really tough here last year i recall for a player who is not that well known Vithoft doesn't have a, that many big splashy results. Vithoft is like reliably making slam third rounds. She's a very good slam first week player. Uh, the other name in here is Sasnovich, who was yes, the finalist queen. in. Um, <laughs> I was courting yes queening in the background. Sasnovich was a revelation to us in Brisbane, um, both on and off both court. on and off court. She was playing really well. She's a very very athletic player, very fast. 
um, just strong. Comes from, her mom's a basketball player, dad's a hockey player, so that whole sort of story. And from Belarus, and very patriotic, and just sort of oddball sense of humor um, that was just very fun, and just kept people on their toes. And she was just a delight to be with in Brisbane, and really like started off my year on a very positive, like tennis positive note. That there's well, like people like her yeah, out there. Yeah, and, and just to give people insight, I mean, a lot of times when you come to a tournament, you try really hard. I know Ben and I both try to do this of of identifying somebody super not random, I don't want to be insulting, but somebody in the draw that you were like, I don't know anything I was about going so I'm random. just going to go I talk was, to you. I will also, I'll lean into that. I was going random. I was looking at qualifying and be like, who have I never spoken to? Let me just like tap this piece of earth and see if it hits oil. And with, it didn't work with everybody, but with Sasnovich, she was great. At the first, I, I remember I came back he from came interviewing back, her. He came back like all lit up. Like, I was like you need to talk to Sasnovich. I yeah. was like, okay. And she was great. And she yeah. delivered the whole week. There's a couple like good highlight videos of her best press moments. But yeah, so I would pick, to wrap this up, I would pick... Kerber and Keys to get to the quarter here if I had to pick. And again, if Garcia gets it together and is healthy, that Garcia Keys match could be tough. Um, and, al- and also, Keys, while she was home from Asia, said she was watching a lot of Carolyn Garcia in Asia and was like very impressed with her. She was, yeah. That's yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, so I think that it will. Yeah, Kerber Keys is a, a very and tough And if it's Kerber Keys, that is a matchup. It's that a, that's has a rivalry. Yielded, yeah, it is. It's a legit WTA rivalry. It's a matchup that that really in 2015 15. was one of those sliding doors things where East like... Eastbourne final Eastbourne and final, Charleston, Charleston final. final. Three setters deep yeah. and they split and they just... They, they, it's a perfect matchup of styles um, and I love it. So that would be... Puncher, counterpuncher. A pretty amazing quarterfinal. Definitely. So that's the top quarter. I, I think... Yeah, Kerber is the player to watch there, but we'll keep moving on to the bottom half. Uh, Venus Williams opens up with one of the tougher first-round draws. Uh, last year, or maybe it's a tougher draw for Belinda Bencic, who last year <laughs> opened against Serena Williams. This year opens against uh, Venus Williams. Next year, she'll probably open against uh, Alexis, Olympia, Olympia, Alexis, Alexis, Alexis <laughs> Jr. So Venus opens against Bencic. I think this is the kind of match Venus gets through, but it's a challenging opponent. Bencic looked Everyone is very happy to see really good in Hopman Cup. Great to see her back. She won that tournament with Roger Federer. Tournament in quotes I'll use. But, I mean, she had to play real matches, and she lost to Kerber, but she looked good. That's a tough opener for Venus, who lost her opener also in a tough match to Kerber in yep. her opener in Kerber Sydney. Kerber beat both these players. Oh, that was who – yeah, we couldn't remember who Kerber's second round was. It was Venus. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was a great uh, run for for – uh, Benchich to get through Hotman there. So yes, yeah, so Venus- I like Benchich in that match. I, I, you do. I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, and I just think I don't hate her. Turn- yeah. no. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, fair. Wasn't accusing you. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I just have been really impressed by Belinda Benchich, and I think that she's just what's so impressive is that she's just been nonstop. I mean, even after she played all, you know, she played Hotman last week, she played Kuyong, won the Kuyong title there, came back and beat Andrea Petkovic in the final. Um, just is playing great and the only match that she's lost in the last like two and a half months is to Kerber. Yeah. You know, she so I don't know. I think she's match fit. I think she's she's match tough. And, you know, obviously with Venus, never bet against her after what she's been able to prove that she doesn't need matches Especially to come in, the slams. in. But that's a tough first round to be, to kind of, you know, go and she and she didn't look like she ran out of gas against Kerber in the third round or in the third set yeah. in her opener. Uh, and I gotta Sydney. say the rest of this draw is not that bad. No, the, the, only, the only the only that obviously the landmines are pretty cl- actually this is one where the unseated don't scare me all that much, but the seateds are, are decent. I mean Makarova is a possible third round for the winner of that. And then Gerges or Gavrilova, two players who have also been playing well. Uh, Gerges especially is on a three-tournament win streak, winning in Moscow, Zhuhai, and Auckland on three different uh, continents, which is a nice bonus. Uh, so th- those are those are tricky. I, I, I have a tough time filling this section out. I want to say 
I want to pick Gerges to make a quarterfinal, but she's never done it in her career at a slam, and she's had a lot of chances. So I'm, I'm reluctant to sort of pull the trigger on her there, but I think whoever gets out of this uh, quarter has a really chance of making the semis because the only player of really, I think, much too much like recent form note is Alina Svitolina, uh, who's number four seed in here. And Svitolina, even after winning Brisbane, just seems, the slam thing seems so in her head about not thinking that it, she sh- is not like ready for this stage. I don't know. The belief I, I still know. sense I is mean, not there. That's fair. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, that's been your take since the beginning of Brisbane. And, and obviously there's, there's data points to support that. I, I do think that, that Svitolina has just, I don't know, proven over the last like year and a half or so that, that she has turned a corner or is in the process of turning a corner. And this is a, a, a really nice a good draw. section. The only, the only, the only, you know, I mean, a potential second round against Siniakova. Or Sakari. Uh, I'm not entirely sure she'll have a problem with Sakari, but against the Siniakova, I think that that could be a, a really, really tough one there. I mean, if it's the Sakari that, you know, ran rampant in Wuhan, maybe. But but I haven't seen enough of Maria Sakari to, th- to know whether or not that's where her game is at at the moment. But, this, you know, on the whole, this section and this quarter has a lot of question marks, right? Sloan's in here. Hasn't uh, won a match this U.S. Open. Yeah, Kasatkina. And, and Sloan opens against Zhang Shui, who always has some magic in, in Melbourne. Uh, Daria Kasatkina still trying to find kind of her leg a little bit peng shui, a little bit injured, uh, coming off of injury. So this is a, a huge opportunity, great draw for Alina Svitolina to at least make the fourth round, if not the quarterfinals. And then from there, Svitolina versus Gerges, Svitolina versus Bencic, Svitolina versus Williams. And you're right, those are those are those are tough quarters yeah. for for Svitolina. I think. I think but, so too. But I mean, she a quarterfinal would tie her best ever slam performance. She's never made a semi. Um, by the way, speaking of, I don't know if we mentioned this in our U.S. Open show, but the U.S. Open last year broke the long streak that women's tennis mm. had of having first-time semifinalists at every slam. So we'll, I'll be curious to see if it can resume that and make it just a blip or if we've suddenly ha- somehow stumbled the process. I mean, I assume Svitolina will at some point pretty soon this year. I would mm. think she'll get a semifinal because she's just too good a player not to. Right. But uh, we'll see. I think it's definitely I, – I still think of it as being a mental hurdle, and I get the sense that – she does, but we'll see. Uh, the bottom quarter, uh, the top seed in here is Wozniacki, who I think is the draw winner. Um, start, we'll start at the bottom of this quarter. Uh, Wozniacki opens against Buzarnescu, who made the final of Hobart, and who Wozniacki also played in the first round of the U.S. Open, beating her. Um, I think it's a good draw for Caroline. She gets her as her first seed, Kiki Burtons, who has been struggling, uh, doesn't have a lot of confidence on hard courts, really. And then Pavlyuchenkova or Rabarkova, in the fourth round, which I think is not the worst. I think, I mean, Pavlyuchenko has beaten Wozniacki, but overall, I think Caroline has to be very happy with her draw. And then even into the uh, quarterfinals, uh, Ostapenko is the high seed. Ostapenko hasn't looked good at all in the start of this season. And then Coco is the 10 seed in there, also Coco Vandeway. And she, um, and she, we don't know how she's going to start. I, I didn't. I think she looked, I mean, I think Coco looked really good in mm-hmm. Hopman Cup. Um, I think that out of that, uh, if I were to tag, players to be potential Wozniacki quarterfinal opponents, I'd say either Coco or, or Sabolkova, who could face each other in the third round. And also Kanepi is a Sabolkova first yeah, round opponent. Kanepi has looked really good this year. Yeah, Kanepi not having to go through qualities, I think, is, is probably a good one, and getting a week off uh, last week to kind of heal up a little bit. And then obviously, I mean, with, Ski, I mean, with uh, Ostapenko, you never know. I mean, she can just get that win, and it unlocks everything. I mean, that's kind of the the mythical legend that is Yelena Ostapenko. Uh, she does open against uh, Francesca Schiavone. So so an interesting, you know, battle of French Open champions there. Um, it's one of those ones that Schiavone, if she's healthy, because she did have that ankle injury, I think, in the offseason where she stepped on a ball in, in practice and posted a video of it. Oh, which yeah, that's right. I remember her, uh, I remember being amazed that she happened to be filming that moment. Um, but 
yeah, so Schiavone, we'll see if she's fit. But if she's fit and playing, she's exactly the kind of opponent who should be able to take apart a less than good Ostapenko. If Ostapenko's mm. off, Schiavone has the court craft, has the yeah. experience, to hopefully just be able to sort of stand back and make the kid miss. Yeah. And so that's and that's what it comes down to against Ostapenko. And so also, I think I mean, that's not a, you know. not a great draw for her, even if it's on paper not a good... I mean, Ostapenko's draw legitimately is really good. I mean, Giovanni's ranked, like, barely top 100, if top 100, and then she gets Dwan or Duque Marino. So on paper, it's a very easy draw. I just don't have much faith in what I've seen for her. I watched her lose badly to Chris Pliss in Shenzhen, and then she lost badly to uh, Makarova. Well, pretty bad, like, 3-6 and six to Makarova in Sydney. It just didn't look like she was really dialed in. So. Yeah, and, and I would also just highlight um, one of the first-round matches I'm really, really— I mean, a couple here that are great in this section, but uh, Kontavite Krunich. I think that that could be, that could be good. I, I was really impressed with Krunich and the way that she played Muguruza. So, um, yeah, and I, and I do, I do want to see some good things from Annette Kontavite. I think that she's, she's great. I love watching her play tennis, so I'd love to see her, you know, Had a rough move second up. second half of last yeah, year. Yeah, she did, and I would just like to see her kind of try and, and nudge forward, you know, break into top 25, top 20. So overall, big picture, final takes on the women. What what to look for before we move on to the dudes? Man, I mean, I just I just don't know, uh, and I feel I mean I don't mean that as a cop out. I I have been incredibly impressed just through the first two weeks of the season uh, with the play and the attitudes of of Kerber, of um, Halep, of uh, Gerges. Um, those are kind of my three, and and I thought actually Keys was really good, and even a content we we're overlooking yeah. her a little bit, and Pliskova. I mean, they they Pliskova, you know, got beat by Svitolina, had a bad day that that night, but otherwise was playing pretty well. It hasn't been a good matchup for her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so it's you know, and and the way that things have kind of all shaped out. I mean, so many of those players are going to beat themselves up in the top half of the draw in that Halep quarter, um, and and um, and in the top half. So you know. Yeah, and then obviously you have like a Sharapova as the dark horse, but I think that you're absolutely right. I think Wozniacki really did win the draw. Oh, she's a draw winner, and yeah. she and she and it's kind of like when she loses, if if she loses before the, I think I can say this safely, and maybe this is I can revise this later. But if she loses before the semifinals, it'll almost only be a bad loss in some way. Like I just think that this well, she is, plays Ostapenko in the quarters. We right. know how Ostapenko but, but Ostapenko, Ostapenko right, but I don't see Ostapenko getting there. So, sure, but I'm just saying it. Yeah, it, there are obviously yeah, there are possibilities. But and I, think I also that think she Coco has, could could beat her. Coco did, be, Coco did beat her at Wimbledon, yeah. which I totally forgot happened. Yeah. Um, but that's on grass. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm just saying, beware. Yeah. I think I think Coco's playing very very well. So. Cool. Um, let's move on to the dudes. Corny, you have not seen this draw. I have not. Uh, it starts Talk off with the then. draw winner. I'll start off with is, is Rafael Nadal. Yeah, I've heard Who this. got a dreamy section playing uh, Victor Estrella Burgos first, and then the winner of Leonardo Meyer and Nicholas Jari, Jerry, Jari of Chile. Uh, then Demir Jumer, who's not a bad player, but not the kind of player who would threaten and Nadal And also had whatsoever. to retire against Alex Deminer in, right. in Sydney. And then John Isner, who's never beaten Rafa outside Labor Cup, I think. Um, or Diego Schwartzman, who's again cup counts. not a kind of player who uh, would scare him. And that's that's him getting to the uh, quarterfinals right there already. And so I think that's a very very welcome draw for him. I think they'll have no problem with that. I almost don't think it's worth analyzing more than that because maybe but, a Dolgo or no. Dolgo's actually like Dol- Dolgo? Dolgo's fi- that'll be fourth round. They did play in U.S. Open and it was not close. Okay, um, but I, I yeah, I mean Dolgo did beat him at Indian Wells that one time. I remember, but I, I, I'm not. No, I wouldn't Fair. be ready to call no, that. I just, I, I just, just think like, that throw it out there. I do think Nadal is rusty though, and I think Nadal especially got lucky because I think he would have been someone who was uncertain preparation. And he also did this practice match thing. Do you hear this with Team, yeah. where he got 
I don't, this is, again, this is from knowing, not knowing the whole story, but pretty much knowing how tennis works. This is an incredible case of star treatment where Nadal and team went out on Mark Court Arena and played a full match condition match. They opened to the public and had line judges and had like ball kids and a scoreboard working and a chair umpire. And it was a practice. And then the, Australian, practice. And then the Australian Open would give them those kind of resources. And I got a feeling if, uh, point of the draw, Jaziri and Del Bonis walked up and said, hey, we want that too. They wouldn't get it. So hopefully Nadal has taken advantage of that and team and uh, turned it into a pretty decent uh, re But I think he should make the quarters easy. And then the semis, because his other part of this quarter, headed by Marin Cilic, who hasn't had a spectacular year outside of the Wimbledon run to the final, which was good, but it was also expected. He didn't beat anybody who was too crazy there. And then Carreño Busta, whose ranking is up at number 10, even though he doesn't feel like that kind of caliber player, really. Jill Muller's coming off injury is another seed in there. And Pablo Cuevas, who I joke, okay, Pablo Cuevas, sidebar, not a great hardcore player, but I just today for the first time saw his match point. Did you see this? His championship point he played yeah, in the I Sao did. Paulo tournament where he yeah. had an underhand serve. I had not seen that till today for some reason. So I was impressed by that. It was also insane. Uh, so kudos to Pablo Cuevas. But I think uh, Nadal skates into the semifinals. Okay. I mean, sure. Take your time. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the next okay, quarter. Okay, I got you. Okay. Chill. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Cosign. Okay. I don't. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I. I. You're right. There's nothing too scary in there. I mean, Gilles Simone's in there. He just won that tournament in India. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just reeling off ATP facts that I'm I know, which you, is what else do you got? Not a lot. What's Heider Mauer been up to? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and your boy Ryan Harrison's also in there. Ryan Harrison, the Brisbane finalist. Yeah. Uh, Harrison uh, playing well. I mean, Harrison's finished here in the top 50 and was playing top 50 level ball, and he was had. His win over Alex De Menor, uh, who we'll get to later, uh, and Courtney's heart is fluttering as I say that name, is um, was one of the like clearest examples I've ever seen in tennis of like experience winning out in a mm, match. Yeah. And yeah. so Harrison's playing smart tennis, and he he didn't play. He got kind of killed by Kyrgios in that final, but he's he's not a terrible pick to make to make some run. I think he'll actually get. He's in to go break down Ryan Harrison's shot, which I didn't realize we were going to do. He plays Sela first and then gets the winner of Cuevas and Usini, which seems all pretty winnable. And then he gets Chilich, which doesn't seem completely impossible. unwinnable. So he And then he gets Busta or Mueller, so he can make a quarter here. Uh, Harrison, who's never made, I don't think, uh, even a fourth round at a slam. But it's, eh, anything's possible. Uh, the next quarter belongs to Grigor Dimitrov, who opens against a whole slate of qualifiers. And he said TBA, if he plays Tomic or something. Also, uh, we were recording this before Ducky Lee plays his quali- final qualifying match, and I'm very much hoping for tennis to say that he gets through to a slam main draw at some point this year, and why not this one? Um, Dimitrov has a pretty uh, not bad opener. His third round is against Andre Rublev. Or David Ferrer. Or David Ferrer. That's a tough They one of the marquee first rounds for a Rublev. Uh, Rublev beat Dimitrov at the U.S. Open. So that's where that has ah, some resonance right. there. Uh, so that would be circled. Uh, Dimitrov did not look great in Brisbane, actually. He dropped a bunch of sets. He nearly lost. I think he saved a few match points against John Millman. And then he also dropped a set to Kyle Edmund before losing in three to Nick Kyrgios. So it wasn't great stuff from the guy who won the World Tour Finals. But, yeah. And it's number three. It wasn't a convincing top three performance. It but was- also those are new shoes on Grigor. Yeah, no, and, and I, I, I would agree that, I mean, I was a little bit surprised by the result on the whole, but I did think that, like, that Grigor in Brisbane, having watched the matches that I did watch, that a lot of it was successful 
shaking off of rust. I think there were a few shots. There was a match point that he saved against John Millman where he absolutely ripped a backhand up the line that I was like, okay, dude, like if you're, if, if your mindset is to hit that shot, I think you're in a good mindset. Now, whether or not that shot lands in every single time, I don't know. It did in that situation, but, um, I, I thought that he played well. And, mm. and, um, so I, he, I opponents it was played a well good, against him. Yeah. yeah. And I, I thought that it was a good kind of stepping stone opening tournament, you know, be tried, come through two tough three set matches. I don't know. I, I wasn't, I know that it's the, it's on paper, a disappointing result to go out that early, but I was actually kind of, I mean, semi, semis him. wasn't that bad. I mean, semi secure, it's, not a, it's yeah, not a bad result I mean, on any level. So I, I was impressed and he's now a spokesman for Hagen Dawes. Yes. I got that. FYI. No one has ever sent me more emails in my life. <laughs> and I include all members of my immediate family <laughs> that tennis Australia has in the past month, uh, prom- promoting everything. The latest thing or my most eye catching thing today was, uh, Grigor Dimitrov's, uh, vending his new flavor of bespoke Hagen Dawes ice cream. Is it bespoke? Bespoke. And, and I said, and I tweeted that quote from the press release out and, and Victoria Chiesa was like, what, but what, but what flavor is it though? And I said, bespoke. <laughs> and she said, is that a fruit? <laughs> Which I enjoyed. It was a, a pops to pops to Vika C on that. Uh, sadly, her her is it sister called, like, Debbie Dimitrov's Ke- dream. I don't know. Sickle? That's a little. That's a little Ben and Jerry's for it us. It is very Ben yeah. and Jerry's, but um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Nick Kyrgios. Speaking of Nick Kyrgios, is a possible fourth round match for Grigor, which would be a tough one for Grigor for sure. Uh, Kyrgios gets an easy couple first rounds, I think, against Dutra Silva and then Troitsky or Alex Bolt, probably Troitsky. Um, but then third round could be tricky. A bunch of different players in here. One of the Next Jenny first rounds, uh, Sitsipas versus Shapovalov. Or, Shapovalov, I, I, as, they, as they call him in Brisbane. That's one of my that's my favorite moment of the season so far. And just the way the way the video is clipped and that caption from whoever the I think Bird Volleys or whatever the Twitter user who who did that was was just really well done. Um, so props to them. <laughs> and Sanga, who has not so Sanga has not impressed in a while. He got killed in the sec- he could play Shapovalov second round. And uh, he got killed yeah. by him in that round in US, US Open. Open. So uh, anything happened there, but I think Nick is the favorite there. And a Nick Grigor match, I would make kind of a coin toss. I think Nick's in, Nick's in a really good headspace right now. He's physically holding up for now. We'll see. He's had a lot of yeah, injuries at slams lately. Just, I mean, but he's physically okay at this point. He had the knee issues. He's made slam quarters before. I don't know. I mean, he already taped up from his first round. I think that you're. I think that you're right. He did take an injury timeout in his first set in Brisbane against Matt Ebden, and I was like, oh, "This is not good." Um, but he re- won the title, so I don't know. Um, best of five. I don't know. Yeah. Next in the next section here, which I think is a pretty open section, U.S. Open finalist Kevin Anderson is in this part of the draw. Opens against Kyle Edmund, which is a decently tough uh, section, and then Istamin and Airbear. Uh, a couple dangerous-ish floaters, and then Lucas Puy, who's been struggling and never played well in Australia. And then, uh, but I think it's an open section, Cole Schreiber and Sock in there. So there's a real chance for somebody unexpected to make it to a quarterfinal in here. I mean, I wouldn't call Kevin Anderson unexpected, but he's only made a couple slam quarters in his life. Um, so he'd be my pick. Uh, Sock is not impressed. Sock did not look good in Hotman Cup, and he looked especially bad in the first round of oh, um, uh, of Auckland. Auckland, or his second round, I guess he got a bye, when he lost 3-3 three and three to Peter Goyovchik, and the Auckland crowd and commentators were very unimpressed with his effort. Um, Yuichi Sagita plays sock first round. I wouldn't rule it out as a upset. Uh, Sagita is a flashy, will be an aggressive player and will go for his shots and a hard flat hitter. Um, and, if so- and, if so- and if sock is feeling at Hotman, yeah, sock pulled out. I think he retired from that match after a yeah, set. Yeah, maybe. Okay, something like uh, yeah, that. that was that weird match where it wound up being the mixed doubles with both Pat Cash and some Australian 
Madison uh, Inglis. Inglis. Yeah, Madison with two Ds. Yes. Uh, which is just not how the president spelled it. Um, Cole Schreiber in there. But I would pick uh, I would pick Anderson to get through here, but I think he got a, a good draw. And this could be an unex- uh, sort of open section. I have to say, I, you know. And again, I, this is how open a section can be with 32 seats. Just putting that out there again. And I was going to say that, like, I now just looking through the first, the, the top half of the draw, I am, I feel, I, I don't have the <laughs> analytics on this, uh-huh. but I feel as though there are way more kind of interesting first and second round matches in this ATP Grand Slam draw than I remember there being like a year ago. Okay. Like, I think that there actually has been, I, I mean, tip of the cap. You know whether you know just with all the next gen. I was going to say it's this next gen promo paying. Off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say whether it's marketing, whether it's actually, but at least there's more name recognition. I feel like that's true with the first rounds and maybe potential and second rounds. And if that rounds, was what ATP na- next gen initiative got out of it was more name recognition. Oh, sure. That's and, a that's a win. And I, I, and there's I'll more... be the first to say it. Mega props to the ATP for 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 that that initiative because I think that it's been incredibly successful yeah. in terms of branding them. Um and and credit to the players as well for buying into it, which I think is a lot of times yeah. the most difficult thing about those initiatives. But um, yeah, no, I, I just, you know, just kind of seeing and be like, oh, I would be, I just, there are more first round matches here that I would be inclined to watch the second two sets of than... <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> then I remember. Nobody, ain't nobody knew the first set of any best of five match. <laughs> Moving on. The bottom half is much more loaded with names though. Um, uh, I've heard this. This uh, section, this is actually a weird sort of top... Eighth again, the Dominic team uh, and Stan Wawrinka section. Wawrinka really just has been saying like, "I'm just happy to be here." Like he has like doesn't seem to have very much hope or anything. He pulled out of tiebreak tens, which everyone was saying, "Son, if you're pulling out of tiebreak tens, what are you doing playing best of five three four days later, whatever it is?" And he said today that he only made the decision that he would play the tournament after practicing today. Right, and he now, also that being he, he all that about, being said on tiebreak tens. Also, he said tiebreak tens would be tough because he'd be intense from the first point. And he's a bit of a diesel as a gentleman. He's a definite, definitely a diesel. And I I think I was telling you this before uh, all the press conferences today, but that I was like pretty um, low on Stan, not because of the injury stuff, which I don't know. I mean, Stan does tend to be a person who plays down his chances all the time. That's true. You know, he's not a guy to up big himself um, and say like, oh, I'm feeling good. He's always like, mm. but I think that the reason why I was a little bit down on him coming into the tournament anyway is because he is a diesel in so far as he needs matches. And in the instances where he's played well at the Australian Open, he's had those great runs in Chennai. Yeah. Um, and same in like, you know, most tournaments, he's always, you know, when he's played well, it's because he's come in playing well. He's not one to just like, pull a Venus and just like show up and like just destroy everybody and, and, and make a final, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Chennai, the tournament moved this year to Pune, I'm not sure how to pronounce that word, <laughs> P-U-N-E, the tournament name. And they had this amazing Twitter video, which I don't even think I retweeted, but I was just fascinated by it, which oh. was Ramkesh Ramanathan, I think that's what it was, and Radu Albert, uh, two non-marquee players, doing a video playing sort of ping pong, sort of tennis atop a mini fridge. It was so strange. I don't know who came up with this idea, but I was hypnotized by it. <laughs> I thought it was tremendously avant-garde content. I've seen a lot of things from tournaments. That one was like that one will stick with me. Um, anyway, this section is wide open. Team has been bad. Um, team, yeah, and Milanovic have been bad together. I heard someone joke that they might have met on Can'twinamatch.com, oh which God, I enjoyed. So bad. <laughs> um, but it's I'm it, not laughing for the record. Yeah, okay. my face is just in my palm. Okay, um, but Dominic team has a decent enough draw. Um, Steve Johnson could be a tough second round for him. 
but otherwise, no one's too scary. Pay is not a great hard quarter. Uh, yeah, Manorino had it, a good Sydney. Yeah, he played well in Sydney. Yeah, um, lost to Fonini. Yeah, um, but it was a tough three setter and and played well there. Manorino, speaking of unsponsored players, has been wearing the same shirt for at least three years. Uh, it looks good on him. Uh, hopefully, he washes it. Uh, team. The only here's your <laughs> random WTA trivia about Adrian Manorino. He. I brought up during Wimbledon that he looks exactly like one of our WTA comms people. And Alex? I'm not, yeah, and I'm not entirely convinced that Alex takes that as a compliment. And I was like, no, but, and yeah, it's been, they it's do been look, a bit they of, do look, they do look similar. I see that. They have similar bone structure. It's been a little structure. bit of a running joke. And so every time Adrian Manorino plays, I'm always like, what's happening, Alex? I think he's, and I'm like, hey man, what, what do you, how can you possibly be in that meeting when you're like out on court? Uh, yeah, Super so, random. I found it funny. So Vavrinka is in there. I think the winner of this section, my quarterfinal pick, is Batista Agut, who off the top of my head, I'm not sure if he's ever made a slam quarter before, maybe. Um, but, he did just win Auckland. But he did just win Auckland. Uh, he'll get he a day Delpo? off. He beat Delpo in the final. Uh, he made his breakout run here, uh, but he actually has a tough first run against Verdasco, who is staying in this very hotel that we're in at the moment. And I've seen him in the lobby both times I've been at this hotel. So he just really likes the lobby. He's following you. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Batista Agut, uh, yeah, I like his draw here. I think he could beat Stan if he gets Stan head-to-head. Uh, he has much more match prep, and he's moved Stan around if Stan's not feeling great on his knee. I like him, I like him in that matchup. So Batista's my pick to make it out of this section. I think he's a, a draw winner. If he Again, if he gets through that first round of Verdasco. Because Verdasco likes Australia. Verdasco's played some good tennis here over the years, most notably peaking oh, in 09 with that whole hand gesture oh, that I'm doing right now. Peter Petrelli. Uh, Heroes. You know, there's a whole, probably a bunch of people who have no idea what that reference is. Like, yeah, that's how... That show has been off over for a while. Yeah, but like, he was Petrellying like a boss. That's still one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. People talk about the Wimbledon final all they want. To me, I will actually throw in like the five-setter with Rafa and and like, that's the better match to me than compared to the one that came after it. Um, and a better one than, I think, the Djokovic-Nadal final also. That, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, the one that came after well, that was, oh, that was, that was when years. he, yeah, that was different years, but, but yeah, like I just, I love that match so much. I yeah. just, the shot making in that match justified physics. I also really like, um, the shirt, the, the kit that Fredasco's wearing yeah, the in that green match, one. the olive green with the, yeah, the neon with the yellow. yellow. It looks yeah. good. I still wear that color combination in daily life and be like, if Fernando did it, it must you be really okay. You really like olive green because you were all big up on Kay's uh, kit last year. I, I weirdly, like I guess army, I do. You like an army green. I, would I do. Never. I got you. That's the, the journal I got you. I know. Color. I saw. I was just actually just noticing it this morning because yeah. I was walking out and I was like, oh, it's army green. Yeah. Anyway. Literally a thought that I had. <laughs> Very uh, interesting. I know. Got this from army, mother. Uh, <laughs> Novak Djokovic is the, in the next section of the draw along with, this is one of the tougher sections. Uh, Sasha Zverev is the high seed in here. Djokovic is uh, seated 14th, and it's very easy, been very easy for people, including myself, to write this sort of story of, oh, last year there was the reversal where number one and two were Murray and Djokovic, and then Nadal and Federer came out of nowhere. This year, Murray's not here, but maybe Djokovic can come out of nowhere. And we don't know. We have no data on Djokovic whatsoever. He played one Kuyan match where he looked okay against team, who's, again, been bad. And then he um, and then he lost in tiebreak 10 to Leighton Hewitt. So I really don't know what to think about Novak Djokovic at the moment. He's got a new service motion. His draws, not great. Um, well, the second round's tough against Malfeast, who might have enough attention span in the first week still to be dangerous. I'm not sure. What if Tomic gets placed there? Oh, Tom, Malfeast. Tomic Tom- could play Tomic in yeah. the first round to uh, play that's... Djokovic potentially in the second, although Djokovic yeah. has DY. Djokovic opens against Donald Young, yeah. So I think, but Djokovic then, not a bad seed. Uh, Ramos Vignolas mm-hmm. is not a good hard quarter. Uh, Jared Donaldson, your boy, probably gets could have a good shot against Ramos. Alex Deminer is my boy now. Sorry, JD. Whoa, yeah. you're throwing him out like I'm not throwing him out, but like on? there's oh there's rankings, gosh. and I feel like power rankings wise, Alex Deminer has accelerated up. Doing this. 
and he's Ben's doing the sprinkler that Alex Minner was doing that I just cannot get enough of. Did you make that gift? Uh, yes. She's making Alex Deminer gifts, you guys. <laughs> this is how deep the love is. We'll get this to him. We'll get to him. We'll get to him. When he's, there's rain delays, Ben. He, he's later in the draw. We'll get to him in a bit. But Djokovic is here. Um, Zverev, the interesting other eye catcher here, is that Zverev could play his brother Misha Zverev in the third round, which should be their first meeting at tour level. I think they played maybe I want to say in the Houston Qualies once when Sasha was really young. But this but would be but third round of a slam. Way far to go because Misha. Opens Misha has a tough draw. Young Chung um, and, and then, then Kokonakis or Medvedev or Medvedev who just that's wins. a nightmare draw from Misha. Yeah. So if Misha gets their good on him um but and sasha's got a pretty good draw against fabiano and then uh kukushkin i'm or here Goyalchuk. for Zverev of kokonakis that'd be fun they Throw played a really good match in hotman cup yeah and exactly. Zverev was not great in hotman cup but as he told me in press as he's already said he wasn't really trying at that tournament as or you something. already said i mean that's like a yeah, whole meta it's, it's a meta it's a it's a nesting doll of of annoyedness um speaking that. of stuff shout out to one other name I will bring up here line 86, Alexei Papyrin, only because he was involved in the draw ceremony. They had a live video. You remember? Oh, that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know his name. So they cut to him. You remember, though, because they said, oh, what do you think of playing Smycheck? You're playing oh, Smycheck. Yeah. And they kept saying Smycheck over and over again. Three times. Yeah. Thrice. It was a lot, was a lot of mispronunciation. And it was just like the draw ceremony I had a lot of problems with. The U.S. Open did a bad job at their draw, not having it be live last year. Um, but at least they didn't fill as mu- nearly as much. And also they had shown their analysts the draws beforehand. So the analysts had some idea and some talking points ready. The open draw was the worst of both worlds in that they did it live, but without showing them p- pulling names out of a hat or showing the draw actually get formed, like a draw ceremony should be. I just think, I don't think it's rigged and I've never accused the slime of rigging a draw, but like there should be, it's part of the tennis thing. You show them pulling the names out of the hat, and you show them going one by one, and you show the random chance involved there. You don't just sort of create this document and be like, here we go. Here's our slam draw. Um, anyway, so they cut to Papyrin for a live instant reaction. He had no prep. Oh, what do you think about playing Smycheck? And he didn't know who that was. Well, obviously. And neither did they, apparently. And <laughs> it was just, it was, it was, a, it was a really, it was a really bad production. I hope they don't do it again. I'll just the, be blunt. The only thing and it was really funny, though, because Craig Tiley was looking at the draw on enormous monitors. <laughs> this uh, Jed Zetzer, who's an Australian tennis blogger, was sitting behind him and taking photos of the draw and I was like tweeting him out and then sending them to me and I could like zoom comical. in and it was, I could, I was doing draw spoilers. Yeah. It was just, I had a lot of fun with it, but it was really sloppy from TA. But the one thing that bad, I thought I'll was really it. weird about that, what's that guy's name? Papyrin? Lexi Papyrin. Okay. That interview was, so they, they ask him and he clearly doesn't know. And it's a very awkward interview because this guy I don't think has ever done an on-camera interview before. So it was a lot of, and it was over kind of like Skype. And so it was, or not Skype, but it was obviously a remote interview. And it was almost one of those like where you're talking, like on a phone call, talking over each other. And then there's awkward silence because you're waiting, each person's waiting for the other person to say something. And we've been in draws where the person doesn't know their opponent. It's never good. If there's like instant reaction. Like remember this happened with Svitolina in... Oh, yeah, in Brisbane. She's like, uh, and she was playing Carla, who she knows, but yeah. she's just like, I, in 30 seconds, I cannot tell you like what I think about that. Yeah. Yet, yeah. But the, the weird thing about it is that, so then the conversation turned turned oh, to the, 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 the fact that the wild card. That was And then worse. immediately was like, so what are you going to do with the $40,000? It was like $60,000. And, and then it was like, aren't you going to thank Wally Masur, who's sitting right here, for giving it you this very, wild card? I didn't, I didn't, I that, didn't like the whole, and the whole, the interviews. Um, if the Federer, interview didn't work and it failed, fair enough. But that it going that way is when I kind of it was started cringing, and I was like, and also the earlier like parts that. of the show, there was this long slurpy Federer interview, and I've just I don't think that added much to anybody. And then 
having Sharapova carry on the trophy was a very questionable choice to round out that uh, draw. Her first time here, test, testing positive here. I've, I think she should be allowed to play. I think she should get whatever statement she wants. But it was a weird spotlighting of her and this very soft-focused interview that didn't mention her band once. It just it was not a good look for anybody involved, the I whole show. the idea of it, I am like you. I really would prefer for I, – I like seeing chips pulled out of a bowl. Yeah. Um, I, I like the manual nature of it. I like to be able to insulate against – this any accusation that draws are rigged yeah. um, and things like that. I don't even like again, computer. Again, we're not saying they we're are. Not, I'm not saying that at all. But at the, be, all. the best draws Wimbledon where they draw every single line. Yeah, and and so I, I I prefer that. But the other thing as well is that if you are going to do it this way with the reveal and some chat, maybe just do the interviews separately. They don't have to be live interviews. Like have them be tightly packaged you know, Barbara Walters E2020 soft focus interviews that are exclusive to you and you can make an ad production value. Because even the Roger one was a little bit weird because they would crack jokes, but nobody was laughing because like there weren't that many people in the stadium or yeah. the mics didn't pick it up. So like d- Roger was cracking his dad jokes and I was laughing and I realized I was the only one <laughs> laughing. But like, but I don't know. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that like this isn't a way to do it. I just think that there would have been a, it would have been tighter and probably a better production if you did that. And then also, yeah, don't do live draw reacts. It doesn't. It doesn't work. Side note: One of my favorite developments for the past couple of years is your growing affection for Roger Datterer. <laughs> yeah, Roger Datterer. I'm I'm a big fan of Roger Datterer. Um, the other Roger, take it or leave it. Don't really care. <laughs> but Roger Datterer, big fan. Big fan. Huge. Big shit. Uh, the bottom uh, section of this draw, the last quarter, uh, is anchored by Roger Federer. Speaking of, and he's got. Oh a- no. My boy landed in this section. Yeah, your boy didn't get a great draw here. Sorry. No, I mean the Goffin. Oh, I knew which. I thought I thought you meant him at first, and then I thought you meant Diminer. But they both no, they both are in here. Oh, but Goffin is in this quarter, but he should have a decent road to nonsense? the quarters. Uh, he let's start with Goffin. He starts with a qualifier who could be any number of people, as we've mentioned. Uh, then gets Benito or Daniel. That's a nice draw. And then Fanini. That's not bad at all. Um, and then could get somebody out of the very loaded next section. This is the most loaded section of the whole draw. This 105 through 112. Oh my. Burditch opens against Deminer, your boy. And then Garcia Lopez or Pear. And Pear's been playing really well. He made the Sydney uh, semis and lost to Deminer there. And then Hotchinoff or this poor qualifier who gets stuck in here. And then Tiafa, who actually hasn't been playing well at all, uh, against uh, Del Potro. Idol, Del Potro. Yeah, and they, that's a bromance right there. Uh, and then Delpo, Burditch. Every match against Delpo is a bromance. That's pretty much it, true. It may not start out that way, but by <laughs> yeah. the end it is. He's won you over. He just seduces <laughs> you into his bromance. Um, so then, so yeah, so tough draw for Goffman, but I would expect him to get through this. I think Goffman uh, versus Del Potro. P- Burditch, by the way, won uh, tiebreak tens, which is his first title at a slam, if you want to call it that. But did he win Labor Cup? Uh, Actually, he did. He yeah, did. he did. Okay, so fair enough. He's winning all the TA stunts. So he wins all of the good, yeah. all, the, all of the tournaments that matter. Um, yeah, so that's that section. I think Goffin will get through there and to Federer, but Federer is the favorite. When people ask me, I said before, like, I'll pick Madison Keys or maybe Kerber, like, but kind of like making interesting picks. I don't make an interesting pick with the men. I pick Roger Federer to win. He opens against recently re Slovenian uh, Aliash Bedene. That's like my favorite. Like, um, what's it called? A neol- neologism? No. Neologism? Neol- is that when you I make so. a word? Yeah. Up? Re-Slovenian- yeah. Re-Slovenianism? Yeah. But, but that you've done for a long time. But Johanna Kanta today, 
using catastrophizing. Oh, I like that. I've never heard that before. And That's I was like, good. I'm going to steal that. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. Um, Federer's draw is not bad. He opens against uh, Bedenay, who I think, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but Bedenay has, I'm sure we haven't because I think it happened just this year. Yeah. Uh, Bedenay went back to representing Slovenia because he was not able to successfully switch to being British enough for the ITF standards to represent them at Davis Cup or the Olympics. And he says his goal is to play the Olympics in 2020. And so he has to go back to Slovenia. And I think we talked about this on the show before. We believe in open borders and immigration and people should be able to migrate in the sport. And, you know, even for economic purposes, if you think he's doing it to get better cash and more visibility, you can do that for any other walk of life. If you want to open a restaurant, if you're a Slovenian man who wants to open a restaurant in London, no one is stopping you, but you can't be a fully French British tennis player. And it's all because you play like one dead rubber at Davis Cup for Slovenia. And it's just what that rule does where you can't play any Davis Cup or Fed Cup. It punishes people from small countries because this happens. Most, the most clear example for me is the Australia women example where Isla Tomjanovic cannot play uh, fully as an Aussie in Fed Cup because she had previously played, I think, again, dead rubbers as a teen, young teen for Croatia, whereas Daria Gavrilova, who's from, who was from this big country of Russia, was never really considered for their Fed Cup team, outside of actually that one time when they had nobody show up to the Fed Cup final against Italy. But I think she might have declined that. But she just n- never needed by them. And so now she gets to be a fully-fledged Aussie. I just find it very arbitrary um, and frustrating. But that's Bedene. Uh, he'll probably lose to Federer. Um, and then Federer gets uh, Struff or uh, Sunwoo Kwon, who won the Asia wildcard. And then Gasquet. And then Query or Ronich, but Ronich hasn't looked great. Query, I haven't seen much of this year, but he lost early in Auckland, so... I can't imagine he's too sharp. To Feliciano Lopez. Yeah, that's a tough first round. round. New Madrid tournament director, Feliciano Lopez. That's right. And then, yeah, and then Goffin or maybe Del Potro. But I think this is not, I think Federer is a head, you know, as like head and shoulders above the field at this point still. But you were really excited for David Goffin 2018. I I have to say, like, it just kind of dawned on me and I was watching him at Hopman and like Roger looked great in Hopman and so did David Goffin. And like, so I was just like really, I was like, new name, who would I be down for? He beat him in London. Super ride or die. I know. He could do it. He could. I just, you know, would have liked to have seen, you know. Can I say, as a very professional journalist, um, my affection for David Goffin grew a lot when I heard um, him referred to by Hurley Tennis on Twitter with the nickname Muffin. Yeah, it helps. Oh, Muffin's playing. It's just like that little nickname makes like someone endeared, gets you like hooked. It's I, like the, it's the same reason. Harry Potter to me. Yeah. Griffin, so. 10 points for Goffendor. 10 points for Goffin. So overall picks, I think it's entirely like we'll get another Federer Nadal final here. I'm just preparing people. If Goffin and, and Federer play, prepare to see a bunch of like Harry Potter versus Voldemort gifts because Dadder will not be on the court. Roger Federer will be on the court and I will go there. His daughters are big now. They are adults. <laughs> <laughs> they are nine-year-old adults or whatever or whatever I mean, they are. I mean, a Roger Federer kid at nine, adult, nine years old is probably an adult. That's probably true. Yeah. Did you hear, I mean, one of the funny lines from like the interview from the draw show was like Roger kind of saying like, you know, um, my boys are like, oh, what do you guys, what are you ranked? Oh, you're number two. Oh, who's number one? Rafa. Oh, that means Papa can't beat Rafa. It's like, man, they're really good at like tennis commentary because that's supposed to be, you know, they've also, we're probably too young to really pay attention in 2017 yeah. as to how Roger turned those tables. But, oh, well, oh, yeah. well. But they said they're not like stressed. They said like last year was seventeen. They're like, oh, okay, seventeen. This year is like number two. Oh, okay, number two. Like it's not doesn't must be nice. <laughs> and Poor with that... Sophia Murray. She's like she's <laughs> she's like what? What ranking are you? Uh, okay, well. Shout out to Andy Murray by the way. Ending on this unnecessary sad note, uh, he I got hip Andy. he got hip surgery down here and is still in town. So I'm wondering if he's going to show up at the tournament. Actually, at some point, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, 
he, uh, yeah, he's has hip surgery targeted for a return to the grass. And if he doesn't come back that soon, hopefully he doesn't rush it. Um, it sounds like a bad injury that was really just getting pretty chronic and a lot of non-surgical options weren't working. Do you know the details of it? Like, as, like it's nerve or muscular? I have not heard more details yeah, it's, than it's that. Pretty... No, but, it's, but he diff- apparently had separate but probably interconnected somehow hip and groin issues. He mm-hmm. underwent a different groin procedure in December, um, okay. a more minor surgery for that. So I, ho- I hope he does well. Everyone's rooting for him. That Instagram post he did was so emo and heartfelt, and it's just like I've never seen sort of the tennis world tear ducts open up in quite that way for a compatriot Bernie who's Bear's a very popular. Next album is going to be based off of that entire Instagram post. That's I'm I'm just flagging it right now. Yeah, that was uh, it was it was dark and eloquent and very heartfelt, and everyone's rooting for him. Um, and he, as we'll mention this with Mary Crillo, but we would be interested in his thoughts on the whole Margaret Court thing because there's not a lot of people who speak up and speak their mind. Uh, quite as directly as Andy Murray does. And speaking of which, because we haven't touched on it, the news that Serena Williams obviously will not be here. We oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. Since that since uh, then, so. so we're not surprised by that. But Serena revealed, which we had heard um, uh, in Vogue, in a Vogue article that she had. Which everyone her, should read. It's, it's yeah, great. It's, it's really good. Um, that she had. Um, Some complications. Complications after her childbirth, including with her, not with the kid. Right. With uh, blood clotting and, and another... Which she had um, a history of, obviously. History and more blood clots in her lungs, uh, which have been an issue for her pulmonary embolism. A couple of several smaller blood clots, I think, this time instead of one big one, I think. Yeah. But um, she was on bed rest for a long time, and so she hadn't really started doing any... I had heard, I don't know if it was in the article, but I had heard before that she hadn't been cleared to do anything but walk or anything more strenuous than walking until, like, November. And so that's part of why I was always very much saying, no, she's not going to play. And as Craig Talley was being like, well, if Serena wants to be here and if Serena wants something, she usually gets it. And that was ridiculous. Um, but Serena's not here and targeting a comeback in Indian Wells or Miami, it sounds like. And we'll look forward to seeing her there. Um, but for now, it's a, a It was great to see her. her back on the court, though, in the Abu Dhabi exhibition. And, you know, I mean, even just watching that exhibition, you know, it was hard to not just be like, oh my gosh, thank God that like Serena's okay and she's on the court and she's playing tennis and she doesn't look bad, but it was also, I remember, you know, obviously having heard everything as well, uh, just watching that exhibition and thinking, mm, you're about a month and a half, two months undercooked, like that that you still need yeah. that time, and but that's actually not that far off. I mean, no. like, you know, so um, it was just great to see her on the court and honestly, like just seeing her tweets and um seeing her instagram posts and things like that i'm just like really over the moon happy that like serena seems so happy she does seem really like happy. and that's awesome and so yeah i mean it's 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 a bummer not to have her here to defend her title and would love to have seen it you know like for her to come back and do it here but um uh yeah i mean it'll yeah. be a story for 2018 for sure for sure how she comes back yeah. and with that um we well, I guess the other non-attendees are Nisha Corey and Azarenka with both pre-existing issues. And with that, we should probably wrap up this show. Uh, hopefully you guys have had time to listen before the draw starts, or at least in the first couple of rounds. So we're not too wrong yet. I'm sure <laughs> we've gotten plenty of stuff wrong. Thank you for listening to No Challenges Remaining for our first show in a while. Appreciate your patience. Hopefully Happy the, New Year. Happy New Year. Hopefully absence has made heart grow fonder. If you want to follow along when you're not listening, we are on Twitter, NCR underscore tennis. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR podcast. Subscribe to us on any number of podcasting apps. My new choice is Overcast. Yeah, I hate the Apple Podcast app. It is so bad. I've been using Overcast for over like two years. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's still really good. If you still want to leave us reviews in the iTunes store, and that still helps for all of them. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend Overcast now. I've had a really good time with it. Um, 
yeah, send us emails, questions, no challenges remaining at gmail.com. Uh, I brought a whole stack of postcards, which are going to Southern Hemisphere locations, including Ooh, Australia. Wise. All the remaining ones that are going to Asia or Australia or anywhere in South America, I think I did, will all be sent out these couple weeks. Fingers crossed that happens. Fingers crossed I get them all done. I think I will. Um, so those are still in the works, and the rest of the Northern Hemisphere will hopefully get theirs soon, too, if you haven't gotten them. All the ones from here should be out by now, at least, uh, from Australia from 2016. <laughs> so uh, we are still endeavoring through those. Thank you for your patience there. Do you have rant, rave thoughts quickly? Rant, rave, thoughts. Um, We're in a new media center this year. We are. Um, I don't really have rant thoughts about it yet. It'll be interesting to see how it works once during the tournament. It's far farther from the players is the issue, so it's harder sure. to like grab coaches and stuff. Um, but the players have to slap themselves to us, not vice versa, which I appreciate because that would have not worked if the old inter- if the, even like the small rooms were in the stolen labor. That would not have worked. Um, yeah, no, my my rave is uh, is I know this is maybe probably a little bit late but um uh the globe the golden globes i mean obviously oprah amazing like mega amazing amazing speech but natalie portman like just throwing down and doing the whole like and here are the all-male directors who've been nominated for like the best director i thought was like an amazing moment and just so badass and it reminded me this is technically my rave if you have never seen the snl rap video that Natalie Portman did back in the day with Lonely Island, Island um, and Parnell and Parnell go look it up it is tremendous and it will make you realize this Natalie Portman that was like on the stage like gutting people has always existed yes. she's always been the freaking black swan don't tell me that Natalie Portman can't black swan we now have our outro pick is that rap so that's easy it's there on the go. first Lonely Island album um, I was really thought you were gonna go for the Tiffany Haddish book well, I haven't finished it yet, but it's amazing. And okay. I highly recommend everybody get um, Tiffany Haddish's audio book. I think it's better when Tiffany Haddish reads it. Um, and as Ben has noticed, certain Haddishisms and inflections have infected. And I've become a funnier person. You Let's- have, <laughs> but I'm also worried because you are like fl- playing with a lot of fire when you go for Tiffany Haddish I know, Tiffany, but I only Tiffany say Haddish it to you. Style. I only say it to you and privately um, and in my own head. So far, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, if, if, if Courtney says something wildly inappropriate, it's a day that ends in Y, but also it's, True. Possibly Tiffany Haddish's fault. It's probably, it probably is. But it's great and it's very moving. Um, and um, she's had a heck of a life and she's a very funny lady. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tiffany Haddish is a, a stand up comedian who kind of stole uh, Girls Trip, the movie. She yeah. was tremendous in it um, and she's going to continue to blow up. And if you haven't, another thing you should look up is her acceptance speech at the New York Film Critics Awards great. Uh, two weeks ago. It's, 50, it's like a 10 minute, 15 minute just monologue, improv. And it's great. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you pee your pants. She's awesome. She's just hilarious. All the bodily functions. <laughs> um, my, hmm, do I have anything? Oh, the Qantas movie selection was really bad, but to catch up to you, because I know you saw it during Wimbledon, I really enjoyed Baby Driver was the only movie I got all the way through on the plane. I started Girl Ship on my first leg, but then they didn't have it on my second leg because the aforementioned Qantas movie selection was really bad. Um, but yeah, that was that was really good. Baby Driver, I recommend that. Um, I my rant will be against places like our favorite Dumplings Plus, which has its hours listed incorrectly online. We went there yesterday, last night, right? Two nights. Two ago. nights ago, um, looking for food, and it was like closed. And it Heart said rate. it was it was like ten something, and it said online it was going to close at eleven thirty. And I felt betrayed. I felt lied to. I felt hungry. It's the first time Dumplings Plus has let you down. I think I've gone there when it's closed because I remember thinking when I saw it online, like this seems later than they used to be closed. But online was just wrong. Sometimes the internet doesn't know things. Yeah. Sorry, Simona, but actually sometimes it's not on the internet. (laughs) And with that, here is Natalie Portman 
Bye, guys. Bye. Wow. Natalie, I'm surprised. All this from a Harvard graduate. Well, there's a lot you may not know about me. Really? Uh, such as? When I was in Harvard.